Welcome back to another box to box week. Group stages, pretty. I, I think we could say it's pretty much wrapped up now in the Champions League. A few tasty matches, a few controversial things, a few surprises, maybe in PSG Real Madrid, perhaps. Jesse, how's it been watching football this week? Apart from cold. <laughs> Yeah, cold. I mean, I watched it all. I didn't go anywhere, so it was warm for me. Um, I thought about going to Arsenal Leon, and I was just like, CBA, basically. My brother was there, and it looked very, very cold. I mean, apart from cold, the game was miserable as well. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate the game, but like it was fine. But yeah, I guess everything's pretty much wrapped up now. We own it's only Group C where we don't know who's going through, right? So we know seven of the eight quarterfinalists now yeah but I think there's quite a few that still need to be first and second place yeah settle that and PSG can't come up top of the group not really they have to win by like six holes so that doesn't really count I don't think they do I don't know where this has come from they need to just not win one net like they need to win by more than one nil okay because it's head to head it's it goes on your goal difference head to head and then your goals scored head to head. So if PSG win two one, they would exactly. go through top. But if they win one nil, then it goes to goal difference, and Chelsea would go through. Yes, this is true. All right, we'll get to that eventually. We'll get to that eventually. Let's start with the worst match of the, of the match week: Arsenal nil, Leon one. I put a stat out, and I think I drank the entire thing. Ah, yeah, you did. I saw if that. Arsenal, if Arsenal would have won this match, they would have been the first team in UWCL history to beat Lyon in consecutive back-to-back matches, which is quite impressive. And yeah, I, was, super impressive. I, I really thought we could have pulled it off, or I, I think we probably should have pulled it off, considering how... Do you mean, happened. like, considering how Lyon have been, or do you think you should have pulled it off from how you played in the game. I don't think we should have. I think we could have. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because considering that that goal shouldn't have stood to begin with. We'll get to that soon. Considering that was the only goal of the entire match. And I think Leon didn't really get to the goal just as much as Arsenal did. I think it could have gone either way. It probably should have finished in the draw, to be honest. Mm. But it could have happened easily if... Maybe that one thing that happened didn't happen. Right. I think this is the thing. I feel like the Miedemar injury totally changes this that, whole it game. Dropped, it dropped the mood entirely after that. And I don't really get Jonas's substitutions either. Let's, um, okay, let's start with the first half and then okay. we'll talk about the Miedemar injury. I thought generally Leon probably were the better team in the mm. first half. I thought Melvin Mallard looked really good. Uh, They kind of, put her up yeah. against Lotta Wubamoy and I thought she struggled to deal with kind of Mallard's physicality and, and movement. It was a lot of, you know, Mallard backing into her and kind of turning. And I thought they struggled to deal with Leon's left-hand side, that kind mm-hmm. of Selma Basher almost acting as a decoy and then Moroni, like, and, you know, Wienreuter kind of getting dragged out by her and then Moroni having, like, a lot of space to run into. Yeah, Basha, I think, defensively did really, like, really well as well. She doesn't always do defensively well. I think she got the right balance, as she unfortunately did in the Champions League final last season. She got that good balance of defending and, and Arsenal didn't really attack down the wing at all. Mm. And every time there was a dangerous attack, Selma Basha really calmly got the ball back. Um, but I do think Melvi Mollard is at a good point in her season right now. Um, I think she has a confidence. And whether that be because Ada's away and she's able to get more minutes and get a bit more freedom in how she plays and what she's able to do. I will be curious to see what happens when Ada comes back, see if that dynamic changes. But for now, she's good. Um, and obviously was involved in that Leon goal. Is yeah. it, it? It was offside. It was a clear offside. Yeah, it was a clear offside. Um, she I was like supposed to head the ball. I was confused at first because like my brother was texting me being like, is it offside? And I was thought he was talking about the Damaris header. And I was like, no, it looks fine. And then I was like, oh yeah, like she is really offside. And she's definitely interfering with play. Yeah. I don't I don't necessarily think like she stops Zinsberger from getting the ball. Because... No, I don't that's not my argument. I'm but argument she like she is 
Yeah. Like she she jumped up and went to head the ball and then it went off right around into the goal. Like she def- she was definitely part of the play and she was well offside. If it had been called off and I was a Leon fan, I'd have been annoyed by Mallard because I didn't think she needed to get involved. Like no. that's just what I like I mean. But at the same time, there was no player behind her either. Yeah. So it made sense because the header wasn't going in on its own. No. But so, I feel like there was always going to be like a fumble. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. But it was just that should have been, that should have not have said. And I do feel, I don't feel bad for this result. I feel bad more for Juventus because of Leon now get three points. And now all they have to do is draw against Juventus and Juventus have to win, which is obviously the the bigger task. Should this goal not have stood, it obviously would have gone down to the last day. Well, I mean, but that's like a classic, like, oh yeah, if this goal had stood, then the game would have played out the same. I I think think Lyon in the second half... They had the upper hand. Well, yeah, I thought they had the upper hand. And I think they also just decided that they were like, this injury's happened, like, we're going to sit back. You even saw it in the way that Bonpastor brings on Eugenie Lussemer, like, really early for Mallard, even though I thought Mallard had been, like, really good and dangerous. That To me, that was just, like, you know, Amandine Henri comes on as well. It's like, she was like, let's bring all the, like, old people on and shop, yeah. shop. And I don't think she'd have done that if they hadn't been winning. Especially because Amandine Henri came on for a DVD. Yeah. It's just like, you're literally taking off chaos for calmness and yeah. composure. Yeah, I just, I, I genuinely, like, Arsenal losing to Leon 1-0 is fine, and the goal should not have stood, but I do, it just, it does suck for Juventus, who got a 5-0 win, um, and that would have gone to head-to-head, potentially, because, obviously, Leon and Juventus drew, so that goal difference could have potentially made the difference at the end of the day, but... Vivian Miedema injury. We do have to talk about it, don't we? Yeah, uh, it was really heartbreaking. Um, I don't know what it was like at the ground, but like just even on television, it like it was really horrible. It was literally going into the press room at halftime, and we're all just like eating our feelings away with the little. How do you say it? the 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 things. It's what not, were you eating? A pie, a pie, a pie. A pie? You were eating a pie? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I didn't, I, the words didn't come to me. Um, and we were all just like depressingly eating our feelings away. That was very fun. Um, but I mean, I hate to say it, but it does look like an ACL, doesn't it? Oh, uh, it looked awful. Yeah. Her, her studs obviously just caught, get caught in the grass. It's such a stupid way. It's another stupid ACL. She doesn't even touch the ball. So for whoever didn't see it, basically, Viv tries to get the ball. She swings for the ball, completely misses the ball. That is the funny bit, but obviously what happens after isn't too funny. She completely misses the ball, and the momentum on her standing leg goes with her body, but yeah, her studs get kind of stuck. So it's that twist of her momentum pulling her body forward and her foot being stuck back and twist of the knee. Um, so it's... um. It's not looking too good. But, Jesse, luckily, it is January soon. What do Arsenal need to do now? Now that Beth Mead and Vivian, that house is going to be more good. I know, I know. Um, and obviously, Dazone got a nice shot of Beth on crutches as well. I don't, I think for Arsenal, the priority still needs to be a winger because I do think. We've seen Frida play at the 10 and kind of Kim Little's coming back. Arsenal aren't short of sort of 10s, 8s or 10s, even if Ida Val would rather see his whole team injured potentially than play Jordan Osomano or Abutri. I His substitution when Viv came off to put Leo Williams and Leo Valti as like a hybrid 6 and 8 together. When you have Jordan Arms and Mario Abutri on the bench. Yeah. But I still think like if I, when I watch Arsenal at the moment, it's, you know, I don't understand why Katie McKay is playing right wing so much. It, that, that doesn't make sense to me. I feel like you could have a really dynamic winger if she was on the left. But yeah. it just feels like they've lost all dynamism without Beth Mead. And for me, I would still be looking to... I mean, obviously, maybe Gia's going to come back. Uh, and, you know, she got her first WSL goal. I'm still, I think she could add some chaos. I'm not convinced she's going to be able to carry 
an Arsenal team through the second half of the season. And I think, I think that was to hide the sadness. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, yeah, she's like looked decent when she's come on for Everton, but I don't know if she's even started a game for Everton yet. Um, so the idea that she's going to be able to come in and like start a run of games all the way to the end of the season for Arsenal seems like incredibly unlikely. Some of the names that have been linked are just like, I love when people are just pulling stuff out the hat. I've seen, so Jodie Taylor was at the game. Some people were like, maybe Jodie Taylor was like, I think that started off as a joke. And then some Arsenal fans took it seriously. Very amusing. Uh, I've seen Jenny Hermosa mentioned. No thanks. Please, please, no thanks. please bring the world's most chaotic lesbian to London. It's what we deserve. That's a hard pass. The only, the only good signing that has been linked to this that I would be very keen on is Alessia Russo. She's not going to come. Probably not, but let me explain. <laughs> But that doesn't even make sense. That's solving a different problem. That's solving the problem that is the fact that Stina Blackstenius is bad. That's a whole. That's not injury related. No, but then you also don't have to worry about finding another striker in the sense that most likely Caitlin Ford would be dragged into that central striker position to play but with. Why? Why are you dragging anyone in the central striker position? Because Stina's going to have to play there. Yeah, but Cena's not good enough this year right now. Yeah, but that's that's the diff that's a whole that's so far down Arsenal's list of problems Okay, let's talk about something different, please. Okay. Ida brought on Raffaele to play as a partnership with lots of women boy, because obviously his choice of midfields was Leo Williamson as an eight. And I just don't understand anything. I did kind of think this was sort of similar to the the Leon thing, and maybe he was just like, okay, if we lose one nil, like we are likely going to top the group because we're going to beat Zurich next week. Let's just kind of shut up shop and not have again because I can only imagine what that dressing room was like at half time. Mm. If I, if I was Jonas, I'd be freaking out that like it was all going to go to pieces and they were going to lose five nil. Um, so to that extent, I'm not like mad about it. I was a bit surprised, but I was like, it kind of makes sense. Like we know, we've seen Leah play in that double pivot role for England. Obviously in the end, they decided it wasn't like quite right. And I think that was correct, but we've seen her kind of get forward and she can do the hybrid eight thing. And I think it's fine. I think she just doesn't have a dynamic striker to play off of. Right, I still think all of Arsenal's problem is about that front three, and the problem now will be without Viv is like then the creativity's gone, and you're just kind of relying on Freedom Arnhem like barreling through defenses, and that will probably work for like half their WSL games. Yeah, I just don't know if that's going to work against Chelsea or even Man City, to be honest. Or Leo Valti has started doing a lot more direct passing, which has impressed me. And I think because I've noticed that she's never done it now that she's starting to do it, I think it's very noticeable. But obviously, not to a Leah Williamson impact just yet, but I think she's starting to get the confidence of... And especially now that Viv's going to be gone, I think she does need to continue that because playing out from her position is going to be much more important than it has ever been, basically. Yeah. Um, um, anything you want to add to Arsenal, Leon, before we move on to Juventus? No, just, I will just say, like, you know, props to Arsenal to be kind of qualified mm. and basically almost certain to top that group. It is, that I will I will say that as well, because considering all the injuries that we've gotten between centre-backs and Beth and everything, us topping the group has actually been quite impressive and something that I don't think any, I mean, realistically, everyone expected Leon to top the group. Yeah. That was that was straightforward, and Leon now can still get eliminated. Eliminated mathematically, mathematically is that how you say it? Mathematically, mathematically. Yeah. It just sounded really wrong. When it came out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Juventus won five 0 four goals for Cristiana Girelli. Uh, a very cheeky back heel, and that was really nice to watch. And uh, Panenka for her second. Yeah. She is she's such an underrated player, I think. But yeah. I don't think she's consistent enough a lot of the time for her to be like consist consistently like at the elite elite level. 
No, she struggles to get into games that Juventus aren't involved in. Yeah. Um, but she is outstandingly like one of the best Italian players in history. Yeah, definitely, and and she's a great finisher. And yeah, she put she played this game with a a lot a lot of confidence. I think the other person that kind of stood out for me for this was Bierenstein, and I feel like over the past couple of weeks we've really seen her start to settle into this Juve team and like make her mark a bit more and she won both the penalties in this game um that Shirelli scored so it's kind of one of those things where you're like yeah four goals for Shirelli and I'm like mm, two of them kind of feel like they should be Bierensteins yeah. um but she obviously had to score them and the Penenka's like the Penenka's great uh I was really intrigued I was like is she gonna do the Penenka again because well she did she put it bottom right so yeah I mean for Juve, I guess all of this now just comes down to this sort of winner-takes-all yeah. game against Lyon, which isn't really winner-takes-all because if Lyon draw, they'll go through. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like, Juve know that if they beat Lyon... There's still something riding on it. Yeah, and they like, they're moving in the right direction? Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Like, they obviously got this really important win over um, Roma last weekend. Uh, in the league, coming, you know, from 1-0 down to win 4-2 in what was a pretty bonkers game. I think they're more consistent now than they have been ever. In the top, playing in the Champions League and against their direct rivals in the league. Yeah, yeah. I still think Lyon will probably just have too much for them. I think the fact that it's away for Juve will be tough because I think we've seen them play a lot better at home than we have seen them play away in this group stage. Yeah, it should be interesting. For context, Lyon now have 10 points, Juventus have 8 points. So, yeah, Juventus need a win to qualify over Lyon. If that happens, my God, I will be celebrating like no tomorrow. Um, Lyon just need a draw and they're through. So, it should be an interesting game, but yeah, it, it seems like Lyon have gotten into a decent rhythm now after that PSG loss I mean the PSG loss was at the weekend so they they just won one game but yeah, yeah but it, was, it was a big win to be fair yeah it was a one they needed to win yeah I think if they didn't win then it would have been completely different but at the same time yeah you just don't really know what Leon you're gonna get and Juventus have obviously done it before Juventus have picked up a good speed in league and Champions League so It'd be one to watch. Yeah, it'd be an interesting one. Yeah. Um, PSG Real Madrid finished 2-1. It was in the 81st minute that Real Madrid got their goal. Um, and I really thought they could have done it. Atenea, two literally two minutes right after that goal, she missed. I I'm I'm like taking a moment of silence for what could have been <laughs> in that. Yeah, I mean, she was she had a bad Wait, she played awful she had an awful game that that's <laughs> she played outstandingly bad <laughs> fire match and she had that one opportunity to kind of redeem herself and it literally just like it didn't graze off the post but it easily could have that's how close it was um obviously Elise Delmeida got the opening goal my girl my little gay <laughs> <laughs> it was quite funny it was I think the fun, the, I think the best bit about this goal was Esther Gonzalez's defending. Oh my god! She was about like what was it like three meters behind Delmeida, and Esther jumped up for the ball and just hit the air with like three, literally just a huge gap in between. And I was like, that is great defending. I know and, Esther's yeah. not big, but Delmeida's not big either. Like, no, they, come they, on! I think they jumped around the same height. Like, yeah. even if Esther would have potentially like shoved the back just or like just put like pressure onto Dalmeda's body to throw that header off because I don't think that header was I think it was just supposed to be flicked back because first corner was taken right before that one and Ramona Bachman hit it really low and then made that it literally same exact position she tried to heal it back and then she literally went to Ramona Bachman and was like lift it up a bit more please and Ramona Bachman retook the thing Lifted it up a bit more onto the head, and that's what happened. But it was the same play as the first quarter. Like, yeah. there was no surprise. And Esther Gonzalez was literally miles away and headed the air, and that was really great defending. Um, Diani penalty. 
that was um it I think it was an un- unlucky penalty, but Ole Carmona just dove. She went in for a side tackle. Not even like not even a side tackle, she just kind of threw herself. It was like she panicked, wasn't it? Yeah. It was she... one of those where you, it was just she was just like, I've got to do something because Ashley Lawrence yeah. in the penalty area and it was so honest. The thing is that the thing is that she didn't even tackle Ashley Lawrence. Like it was she threw herself and then Ashley Lawrence obviously crossed paths. Yeah. Hit she she's obviously gonna fall over in that situation. Yeah. And well is neither hit by Ashley Lawrence or Olga Cabona. Um so that, I think that was a really bad penalty con- to concede for Real Madrid considering that it was one nil and they're actually getting decently close to not decent decently close, but they were getting eventually. Um one thing that I do wanna say is that Geira Hamrawi had a really good match. She is the PSG hero we did not expect. The glow up, the revenge tour of 2022-23 season. Real Madrid had no midfield. Hamraoui had Kazweer out of that game from start to finish. Yeah. I think yeah. I think Weir had one run when she got away from Hamraoui and ran to space and gave it to, gave it to Adenea and then Adenea fucked it up entirely. Um, but I think that was one of the only times in the match where Kazbir got away from Hamrawi and ran into space with the ball. And obviously, okay, let, let's start from the beginning because Baltimore hit the crossbar first. Oh my God, there were so many crossbar hits in this game. Real Madrid hit the post about, what, three times? Yeah, two, two or three times. But yeah. all from like long range effort. Yeah, like... exactly. Which was fair enough because Boadi isn't going to... Yeah. So that was fair. Was this a fair result? I think it was a fair result. I thought PSG were good and I thought they controlled the game well, broadly. I feel like Real Madrid's manager kind of made their mistakes for them. Like, I feel some of the selection decisions were really bizarre. And also when, you know, like, it's fair enough if you want to go with a more defensive lineup potentially to play for a draw. But when you're one nil down after 15 minutes, I think you need to kind of try and change things quicker. And yeah, I just felt like Real Madrid didn't even seem like they really cared that much. No, they to be honest, came with like no intensity at all. Like their passing was awful. Even when they get the goal back, mm. and obviously there is the Athena chance, but after that there was like six minutes of added time in this game. And there was no sense of like intensity, really, really going for it, or just being like, let's push as many players forward. I'm like, you're about to go out the Champions League, like, yeah. just put whoever. I think at the end, I lost like the ball like five times. In those oh my god! <laughs> yeah, awesome. this was a much better night for Fella, who I thought had a really good game actually. Um, but at the end, I also missed that earlier chance as well, which is which is almost the carbon copy of the goal Zornosa scores where Fella like gets in behind and pulls it back. And for the first in the first one it's just behind Caroline Weir. So it- she plays it out towards Athenia and then Athenia just like absolutely blasted it. Yeah. Um and missed. But the- in the second one, Zonosa obviously scores like really, really nice goal. Um yeah, I didn't think PSG like created a lot. I'm very intrigued about the PSG Chelsea game next week. Do you think Chelsea are gonna come out with a strong squad? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we'll play to top the group. And I think I think the fact that we're at home probably gives us the advantage. And I think the fact that because we're qualified, there'll be like, it's not going to be like the Wolfsburg game. I think there'll be like a pressure off of like, okay, let's go and like try and top the group. But if it doesn't happen, it's not the end of the, the, world. End of the world. And I don't think like as much as I think PSG have been the more impressive of the French teams, let's say, in this in this group stage, I still don't think they're a team who you think are going to blow you away. No. One thing I think is really interesting with PSG is like, what's happened to Lika Martins? She came on in like the 93rd minute. I was like, damn, this is embarrassing. Yeah, I don't... I can go on about this. I mean, obviously yesterday was a fun day for Lika Martins. Um... She's pissed off a lot of Barcelona fans. Yeah. Um, I think she had a right to do so, but I don't know. It's all just, let's not get into that. Let's stick stick to the football. I, it, I mean, it's always, Sandy Baltimore and Diani are always going to be first choice, I think, for BSG always. But 
Well, but they, like, Baltimore wasn't at the start of the season. And it's not even, and Diani's playing as like a nine, right? So it's actually we'll not. Get into that later because I hate that. But like, it's Ramona Backman who's keeping her out the team, no? Yeah. Which, and Ramona Backman did fuck all yesterday. I love Rami. So, team Rami all the way. And I think she's clearly become a player who, like, pressure really trusts. Yes. Which is legit. But and I think. Fuck all yesterday. Huh? No, I know, but like she's like that, and and I think you back her to say like take the corner, for example, yeah. um, or like create something. But, but yeah, yeah, it's but not a good look for Martin. Situation where Ramona Backman Grand is going to start, but then she does fuck all, and you don't change for Lincoln Martins. Yeah, that says it all. Um, yeah, that was it was it was very disappointing, and I know that Lincoln Martins has been struggling with injuries here and there, but. I just don't really understand. I don't understand the PSG manager for the moment. Just for like little bits in here. Like Diani as a number nine, I think that's such a waste. She barely touches the ball. I mean, I can I can see why. And I think she is their most reliable goal scorer. And I think to put her in the position she gets in, that's kind of fine. I think Pressure's attitude has been... And you can see this with the kind of use of Hamrawi of like, basically like, we're going to play safety first in every Mm -hmm. game. It's almost what Toril and Real Madrid thought they were doing, but they're not actually very good at it because they play Freya Olofsson and she's not very good. And it's almost like pressure is doing the same thing, but with actually kind of better players. And then he's like, you even see it with like the shots like Baltimore gets off or like he's like something will come at some yeah. point as long as we keep it tight at the back. Yeah, I think I would have said Sornosa probably should have come on a lot earlier for in that midfield. I think Toletti had a questionable game as well um, in terms of distributing. I just don't think there is any distribution. And can I say Kathleen Sosa? The shots she took. Oh my god, the shots she stop, took. Stop, stop, At the end, that ball. Off, that ball came off her boot, and Misa was on the floor with like, what the fuck? Misa was on the floor, literally dying because she was like, she with her arms in the air, she was like questionable, and I was like, yes. <laughs> she Misa had a good game. I would say. Risa had a, had a, she had a really good game. Um, she was she was pissed off the entire match because, and I think Real Madrid are, are quite lucky that PSG didn't score more because there was a lot of times when crosses came into the box, and they were just up in the air for everyone for anyone to grab because it went straight through everybody. Um, but yeah, when when, so, when Kathleen took that shot. Without even knowing the direction that I was going in, Misa was just like, what the fuck did you just do? Why did you do that? Never do that again. Um, Kathleen is... um. Her... Mm, I don't... Mm, bad. <laughs> defensively, defensively, she's not that bad. Yes, I think people are kind of harsher on her than they need to be. I think like yeah. a lot of stuff's getting pinned on her. Yeah. It's she's not good. She's not bad. She's not great, but defensively she's not bad. But distribution and the way she kicks balls absolutely mm. awful. Yeah, like it's like she tries to kick it one way and the ball just goes completely the other way. Like it makes absolutely no sense. Maybe she when she shot, she was actually trying to pass back to Misa. <laughs> <laughs> there was, I think, it was in the last. I think it was an added extra time as well. There was a loose ball down the way that she was under pressure, so she had to clear it. But instead of clearing it up the pitch as you would do in any other situation, but especially when you're in extra time trying to win the match, she clears it, like, out of bounds. Misa was just like, again, like, what are you doing? Um, So that was really funny. But yes, Misa did have a good match. I think she was very unlucky to have the defense that she did in those two goals. Um, as said, defending the air, basically. And Ole Agarmona kind of panicking and conceding that penalty. Um, I think it was really unlucky. But yeah, PSG um, got the win. Um, it was it was a good match to be fair. I was quite impressed. I was scared that it was... It had an intensity at the start that was yeah. like legit. It yeah, just felt like Real Madrid gave up. They, they, they just weren't playing for it. 
I think their passing was awful. Every time the ball went into the midfield, there was a PSG. Grace Keoro, I think, got every interception that she could. Mm. All Real Madrid players were just waiting for the ball. Grace Keoro literally stepped in, took the ball every single time. Um, It was very annoying to watch because, granted, it happens once or twice. Like, get your shit together. Go up and get the ball, fight for the ball, and it just never happened. Um, But yeah, Real Madrid are out of the Champions League. Um... A bit sad, I think. I don't know. Um, is it sad? I wouldn't say sad, but it's kind of like you're kind of used to having Real Madrid around now, aren't you? I don't know. I like, and they're more chaotic than PSG, so yeah. But PSG are the better team, in my opinion. Like, I mean, yes, that's. I think it's perfectly fair. Um, One thing I do want to comment. I want to comment on PSG was I find it interesting that Shaki Gronin was out on the wing. Mm. Um, and obviously what it reminded me of, because obviously that was for Shaki Gronin to come in, collect the ball and for Garchawi to overlap. And it reminded me a lot of Mariona and Rolfo in Barcelona. Because um, at one point Shaki was like in the number 10 position and Garchawi was all the way up. So that was obviously the game plan. But as soon as she came onto the wing and I was like, what the fuck is, why? <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So that was one thing, and I I am curious to see if that's gonna happen again, because that that could be potentially something that could expose Chelsea a little bit if they're playing with that back three kind of vibe down that way. Well, it's basically a back four now, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, who knows? <laughs> Chelsea got a four 0 win. Against Vyazna. And I read the script. Chelsea through. Yay. <laughs> Yay, we've made it. We finally got out of a Champions League group stage for the first time ever. I um this game was so bad. We played awfully, but it didn't I mean, matter. It's, it's fair enough, considering well, I mean the, the home game against Vyazna wasn't really that great either, was it? It was a high score. We won eight nil. No, no, it's a high scoring game, but like that was like the Penila Harder show. That yeah. was like amazing. And she's and so yeah. good at those in those games. Um, this was just Vlatsnia like totally camped out in their own box. And basically we went 2-0 up pretty quickly. Uh, a nice Sophie Ingle finish for the first. Another cheeky, quick Yelena Kankovic free kick for the second, which Fran Kirby finished really well. And then we were really, really bad for like 70 minutes. And then Svitkova scored a header and Maramiyada scored a penalty. And then we went home. Uh, Kankovic was really good. <laughs> oh, is it? Can I, can I read the script? Because it's really funny. For <laughs> context. Jesse Fleming, Sam Kerr, bad. Kankovic, good. Awful from dead balls. That's basically all you need to know <laughs> about this game. That's the entire summary of the match, though. Jesse Fleming was so bad. I was like, I don't understand how you can be this bad in a game where, like, you're just in a midfield against a team who are, like, camped in their own box, but... I'm glad I didn't watch them. Uh, yeah, and Sam Kerman, she is going through it. I like the way Emma Hayes was, like, like, we'll play Sam, you know, she can do, like, what she did against Flatsnia last time, get a load of goals, get her confidence off again. She just, like, <laughs> could... I mean, I it was a harder game here. I felt like at Kings Meadow, Flatsnia, there was more space in behind, whereas here there wasn't a whole lot of space for Sam. Um... She did score, but she was well offside for it. And there were some poor headers. But, yeah. She keeps on trying, bless her. Um, but it's not, <laughs> it's not... It's not great right now. Someone give that gal a holiday. Um, yeah, I think I think the PSG game will be interesting. I... Honestly, I, I do back Chelsea to win. Because it's at home. But... Aside from wanting to avoid Barcelona... I don't really feel like there's a whole difference between coming first and second in groups this year, given that you could get... Yeah. You could finish off your group and you can draw Lyon. And it you're not playing Lyon until March. And they could yeah. be a different team in terms of, like, players who could be back yeah. by then. Like, I don't know what Macario's recovery looks like, but feasibly she could be back by then. I don't think anyone really knows what's up with Hegerberg, but she could be back by then. 
Um, Madri's obviously coming back from pregnancy, coming back into that team. There are a lot of, you know, that's one side where it's like a very different prospect. Equally, you could finish second in your group and think, well, I wouldn't mind getting Arsenal or, you know, like, so... Yeah, no, I do I do agree that there's not much of a difference between first and second in this group stage. The only obviously the quote unquote easiest team would be Roma, but even Roma have been kind of quite impressive um overall. But moving on to the next group, uh Benfica two, Barcelona six. Um a game of golazos, you said? I didn't yeah. watch I saw I saw I really like the Pina goal. Pina goal was nice. I like the Atana goal. Uh, yeah. I think the AMC goal was the best of all AMC of the Galatos. That was a great finish. The Chloe Lacasse goal was good as well. Uh, the Jessica Silva goal was good as well. Um, yeah. Just lots of good finishing. Yeah. But that, that Jessica Silva goal was such a bad Kira Walsh mistake. Yes, that was poor from Kira Walsh. And obviously the Jessica Silva pass that was like a back heel flick that everyone's talking yeah. about. That was like nice, but the fact that it like immediately goes out of play to the point where the DAZN highlights just like cut away. Like you, they only show the pass. I was like, unfortunately it ruins it a bit for me. <laughs> unfortunately, stop. It's yeah, like but... a nutmeg where like it doesn't go anywhere. It's kind yeah, of not. There was, there was a really nice back heel pass from, if I remember correctly, it was from Baltimore to Diani. I don't know if you remember. It was a really good build-up play. Got to Baltimore down the wing. She got into the box. Like, it wasn't really a back heel. It was kind of like a roll, a back heel roll. And Diana picked it up, shot on target. But um, Misa saved it. And that would have been an outstanding goal. Yeah. Um, But Barcelona, six goals conceded so far in this group stage. Benfica also had two penalties saved mm-hmm. in this game. Mm-hmm. One of them, I think, was a good save from Panos. The other was just a bad penalty, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, this is, like, the goals Barcelona conceded is more than anyone else who's, like, due to finish top of their group. What? Oh. What's happening? I mean, in this game, I've got to say, like, Barcelona were 4-0 up. And I'm a bit like, do you like you kind of just switch off maybe? But then there's yeah. obviously three conceded against Bayern. Um, they conceded to Rosengard. Yeah, that was obviously defending from that. But I think it's been Barcelona's struggle. Like, even if you look at the league, Barcelona are conceding goals that they never conceded last season. For example, mm. it's counterattacks. It's being caught off. It's Lucy Bronze being caught off, which how often do you see that? It's Rodolfo being caught off. I think what's entirely different is not entirely different, but like I think Barcelona are getting caught off. We're getting caught off on the wings a lot out of position. So like if you look at the Bayern Munich ones, Mappi's out defending because Rodolfo went up and then Irene comes across. And then Lucy Bronze is late to come back. And Irene is kind of stuck in between two players. And then she gets caught out of position and then defends awfully. Um, defends, tries to head the ball with her back to goal, as, as any good centre-back would do. Um, it's just, it, it's not... And we saw it against Real Sociedad. You know, it's... I don't think they, they could have scored so many more if they had really top finishers. Because the opportunities they were getting were just spot on. And you have in the league, Barcelona have already conceded four. And what, last season they conceded five in 20 games? I just had a look. Last season they conceded 11. Okay. Across the whole season. So they're basically on track because they're like a third of the way through. I think it's more like what you, what you feel from when you watch Barcelona this season. It's like last season when I think of the goals that they conceded, I think of stuff like the Gladys and Norsa goal. Yeah, or the Salma Paroelo goal. Like, ridiculous, like, yeah. amazing goals. Whereas I think what you've seen this season is you've seen Barcelona concede where you're like, 
it's their own fault. Okay, that's just a, like a, a normal goal. Like that's their defensive error. That's not like a player picking it up on the halfway line and smashing it in kind of thing. Yeah. No, it's been, and obviously you get to the topic of Sandra Banos' confidence. Obviously, that's been kind of on and off since the Euros. Um, and obviously, Gemma Font has been getting a lot more playing time than she has before. Um, so you kind of, you're not seeing a completely confident Sandra Banos at the moment, which I think can be a bit of a downfall in that defense. But at the same time, Sandra Banos has never had to do so much because Barca's defense has always been so solid. Mm. That she's never actually had to, and it, it's again, it's like it's hard to it's hard to gauge because the numbers are almost more or less the same, but it's just the confidence levels that Barca's defense that we're giving off right now is just not anywhere near the level that it needs to be. Because if you're going to concede those three goals to Bayern Munich just like that, it's. I think it's good that the quarterfinals are so far from now. Yeah, I think for most teams, to be fair, I think overall a lot of teams will be quite happy that the Champions League is quite often now. Yeah, I agree. I don't think many teams... I mean, I said this to Orm on Twitter last night. I don't think many teams in the group stages have looked no. good. It's been it's been a quite disaster... It's been an entertaining group stage. But when you look at the standard of level that you've been expecting from a lot of the clubs, they've just not reached it at all. I mean, Wolfsburg yesterday, to begin with, we'll talk about it later, but overall, it's been a interesting group stage um but Bayern Munich won 4-0 against Rosengard um Rosengard have been disappointing I thought they were going to do much better than they they did in the group stage um I thought they were going to get finished third over Benfica um considering how notorious a they are the, the Swedish league is but Jesse what do you what do you think yeah, I, I've been really disappointed by them as well. I mean, I think partially that's been tempered a bit by the fact that I think Benfica have been really, really, really good. Um, and and maybe it's, it says more about our underestimation of Benfica than it does about, like, Rosengard being bad, potentially. But I think also, I guess, what's interesting is we're seeing this shift within the women's game kind of away from these northern nordic nations or scandinavian nations i guess in this case towards um southern nations like italy and portugal looking better and and you know like we could have two italian sides in the round of 16 i mean i think it's uh, round 16 in the quarterfinals i mean i think it's probably unlikely for juventus but you know eg uh, i think benfica yeah, they look good, and you wonder if, if imagine if Benfica had been drawn, like say in Chelsea's group, like I think that could have been really interesting. Like I could have seen them cause all three of those teams um, problems. Like I think they were unlucky to be in in a group with Bayern and Barcelona. So I think it will be interesting to see whether kind of those northern nations, which have historically been the trailblazers within the women's game, but also don't have the money that comes with because men's football is bigger in southern European nations that, yeah. you know, all of these teams are, that we're talking about, Juve, Roma, Benfica, are all teams with, you know, significant men's teams. Although, obviously, you know, Benfica's not like Juventus. Like, that's that's silly. But, you yeah. know, it's, it's, very, it's a very different model compared to what... To that. Yeah, yeah, compared to what they have in, say, Sweden or, or Norway or, or things like that. Um, and I think it'll be interesting as well because I think actually what's maybe kind of interesting to think about is it feels like eastern european football is still kind of eastern and central european football is still kind of strong mm. um and it, i think it's going to be interesting to see how how that develops like i don't know like even thinking about the chelsea team where you've got like a serbian player and a czech player and you're starting to see a lot more now yeah um and obviously, maybe, you know, for the Swedish leagues, it's been hard to keep up with the fact that, you know, Swedish players want to go... Like, you only have to think of the number of Swedish players in the WSL. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how those teams kind of cope. It should be interesting. And a shout-out to Roma for qualifying for the quarterfinals in their debut 
in the Champions League group stage. Um, that is quite impressive. And I am curious to see how they, they'll do, keep doing in the Champions League. Um, I think they could be very chaotic and I'm very excited to watch them play. Um, but a, a big team, big disappointment, Wolfsburg 0-0 with Slavia Prague. I'm not stressed. If I'm, can I just say, I think if any team's got an argument for having been the best team in the group stage, it is probably Wolfsburg, even though they've drawn two games. Just because I think this game, if you play it 100 times, they win 99. Yeah. And like they should have had a penalty and they didn't get one. And this was just like lots of like missing sitters. It, it happens, but it was all Wolfsburg and they're through already. So, like, who cares? I mean, obviously, we know they were in the weakest group, but yeah, I think they've looked really good. I think that, like, if I think I would put them down as like the best team per eye test, if not per results, which is obviously currently Chelsea. And how far are they going to get? Do you think? How? No, I, no, no. Let me rephrase that question. How far should they get? I think they can go all the way, but I just think all of these things again, it's so far away. Mm. things can change so much in that time and and you know but there's no reason I think if you're Wolfsburg to look at any of these other teams in the quarterfinals any of the other seven and and not think like we could beat them no I agree with that um you have a little note here you want to put your scouting hat on yeah talking about um Eastern European players I just thought uh, again part of the reason that Wolfsburg didn't win this game was because Olivier Luxova, which also apparently is a vodka brand. Don't know if she's the heiress of this vodka brand. Uh, she was the goalkeeper of Slavia Prague and she's 21 years old. Um, during the group stage, she has conceded only five goals off a post-shot XG of 8.4. Goalkeeper data is incredibly noisy and it's a tiny sample size, uh, but I thought she looked good in this game and is maybe one to watch because 21-year-old goal- goalkeepers playing in the Champions League, unless you're Bayern Munich, there's not a whole host of them around. Yeah. So, so what are we going to bet that she's going to be at Chelsea next season? <laughs> well, I mean, there might be goalkeepers on the move at Chelsea, so who knows? Although I don't know if we're in for Lukasova, but yeah, one to watch. One to watch. Um, And lastly... Roma 5, St. Paulson nil. I was expecting more chaos in this match. I mean, Roma still scored five, but considering... They the scored match- four of the five goals in the last ten minutes of the game. It's amazing. I expected St. Paulson to come back a bit more chaotic, though. Yeah, I mean, this game, like, I don't know. They had to pause it because it was raining so much. If you've watched, like, just go and, like, watch, like, even a minute of the highlights because it's hilarious. Like, the ball just does not move. If you thought Chelsea Brighton was bad earlier this season, like, that had nothing on how ridiculous this game was to play. Um, So, yeah, a comprehensive win for Roma. I guess, like, it looks like Wolfsburg will probably beat St. Paulton and they'll top the group and Roma will go through in second. Yeah. It should be, again, Roma qualifying for the quarterfinals in the first Champions League is quite impressive. But yeah, that I think that sums it up quite decently. Um, obviously, big match next week. I think the one to watch is obviously the Leon Juventus match because of what potentially could happen. But also, I think Chelsea PSG um, could be more of a football interesting match. Leon Juventus is just chaotic, fun um, yeah. to watch. I think, I don't know how tactical that match is actually going to be. No. Well, actually, Leon probably more than Juventus, but. Yeah, I think that one would be good. I'm annoyed. I've realised I've agreed to give dinner with Flo Lloyd Hughes on that evening. Oh. What a mistake. That's... Uh, <laughs> um, I think I'll be at Stanford Bridge, so I think I'll miss the first half at least. No, Leon Juventus is the day before. No, I know, but I'll be at Stanford Bridge. Oh, you're like filming stuff. You're working. Oh, yeah. And yeah, thanks to Chelsea. <laughs> Ruining my day. <laughs> um, I think Chelsea PSG will be interesting because Chelsea have been pretty horrible the past couple of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it'll be a good test for them whether they can just like have one more big push. And I mean, the excuse, if they do bad, the excuse is always going to be is that they're tired and they want to go on holiday. Which is kind of fair enough. It's the 22nd of fucking December. 
I know. But... Poor Sam Kerr's probably not going to get back to Australia in time for Christmas, surely. Like, that's crazy. Probably flight delayed and everything. Gonna get yeah. Um, I think it would be, it'll be interesting just from a Chelsea perspective because I think it's a real opportunity to, like, they've had a good group stage so far without playing particularly well, I don't think. And I think if they could have an emphatic win against PSG, that would suddenly make that all of their performance, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it will make everything look rosier. Yeah. Who would you be? Who would you put as your back four? For Chelsea PSG? Mm-hmm. Um, Magda, Kadisha, Millie, Perisic. No, they go for the same. Yeah. It's probably the most practical back four to put Solid. in this situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll come back after next week. We can officially wrap up the UWCL and go on holiday until the 15th when Chelsea and Arsenal play in the league. <laughs> I am probably looking forward to that less than Jesse is, let's be honest. I don't know, man. We're always also quite like gross after a break, but um, yeah, but you're never gross against Arsenal. Uh, do you remember the last time we played at the Emirates? Yes, after but- a break. <laughs> but that was like one out of five because yeah. I'm still hung up on that 4 0 loss at Middle Park. Yeah. Uh, and obviously we won 2 0 at Middle Park. That's why I just mean, though, the Emirates. Like, yeah. But we'll see. That should be fun. Um, but yeah, we'll come back next week before holidays. And then, yeah, January. Um, Champions League quarterfinal draw is January 20th. Um, That's my mom's birthday. Cute. Very cute. Yeah, we'll record the day after then. Uh, but yeah, that wraps up this week. Uh, let's see if next week gives us any interesting results. Hopefully, put that out into the universe. All right, interesting results. Chelsea win. Let's manifest yeah. it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you next week. Hopefully, with some chaos. <laughs>